0: salutations and shit folks welcome 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 to another episode of travel and shit where I, your hosts d Carrie have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life i am very very excited about this episode so i am going to dive right in um this episode is about literature lit and the way that it is inspired by, influenced by, or inversely, um, you know, inspires and influences how we travel or what our lens of travel is. So um, travel can, I've got a ton of notes here. Like this is very exciting. So travel, I've always been an avid reader. I, well, I definitely don't read as much now, as I did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was always in a book. I wasn't an outside kid. Like I didn't really play outside too much. Um, Before I was reading as much, yes, I was always outside. But I was in my teenage years, in my um, early adolescent years, I'd say from probably nine through high school, I was always in a book. Um, especially nine through 13. By the time I got to high school and they really started making you read stuff and you had like that high school reading list, I didn't read as much. Um, But say all that to say, always loved reading. I've always loved a good story. So in my opinion, travel can absolutely influence the interpretation of the lit you read, inspire you to want to visit certain places, and it can also create worlds in your mind that you can look to experience in real life. It can give you the inspiration to explore. And I think because I read so much, it really cultivated my sense of curiosity. Like I've always been a curious person. I've always asked like a ton of questions. I've always been a talker and all of those, whether questions about things that I would hear or talk to people about or things that I would read would encourage me to figure out more on my own generally through investigation, whether firsthand or by reading something. And I gotta say that I am very thankful to be part of that generation that still had to look things up in an encyclopedia, but then also got the gift of the internet. Um, Learning to use the internet in a way that results in, I guess, the information that you're looking for or um, that actually helps you get to the truth of the matter that you're looking for is another conversation entirety. We all know that we can Google something and come up with very different opinions about that topic, whether those opinions be actual opinions or actual facts are contingent on where you get that information and, um, another conversation. However, back to lit. Um, lit can absolutely reinforce your views and encourage you to build on certain beliefs. It's one of those things, the way I see it as art imitating life or life imitating art. Are we acting out what we see? Are our lenses filtered by the art we consume? What is art but a mirror to society, right? So, my experience of art, my interpretation of art, and art being all types of mediums, not just um, paintings and f- photographs and, you know, but also dance, music, um, short stories, long stories, literature in general. What do you consider lit? Is a short essay literature? Is something more or less literature based on its Topic does it have to be um, a expounded on and well lauded piece of art or piece of work or is it something that you come across that's been written by someone who hasn't exactly been dictated as a um, expert in a topic like what forms what mediums do you ingest how do you ingest them and um, at what level do you ingest them right so. Art for me is a all-encompassing term, if you will. So that being said, I wanted to start by not necessarily reviewing, but pointing out some of the different ways travel, my travels particularly, have shown themselves to remind me of lit and experiences that I have consumed, Um, just stories that I've had played out in my life, if you will, whether or not it be a, you know, reinforcement or whether or not it can just be an inspiration, right? So first I'm gonna start with Casablanca. So my trip to Casablanca reminded me of the story that my mom, one of my favorite books as a kid was, It Didn't Frighten Me. Uh, I know a bunch of my friends know the story because most of my friends were in my kindergarten class and my mom was our kindergarten teacher. And what I will say is that my mom did an incredible job of really, um, how do I put it? Cultivating a love of stories. She read to me a ton. I read to my brother as well, but she read to us a ton when we were kids. And some of my favorite memories were my mom taking us to the library over the summers or over uh weekends when we didn't have dancing school. Just going to the library and just letting me, all right, have at it, kid. Go explore. Find anything that you're interested in and let's find the book and let's read it. So shout out to mom. Thank you for that. Um, and I guess that's part of why I enjoy the podcast. The For me, it's my own personal you know, platform of storytelling. I get to talk to you guys and um, loosely tell the story of how I am experiencing my life through travel. So the book, it didn't frighten me. Um, If you're not familiar, it's a children's book and children's books often have very repetitive lines and a sing-songy in a tone. So the story goes, one pitch black, very dark night, right after mother turned off the light. I looked out my window and what did I see? But, and then each page details some outlandish, imaginary creature that the kid makes up in his mind to say that he wasn't afraid of because it's a story about bravery and imagination and that kind of shit, right? And I've never forgotten that whole one pitch black, very dark night, right after mother turned off the light. Like that's oh, that's one of those things that have always stuck with me, right? And a couple of my friends have like that same ability to recall the way the story tells itself. And I will never forget I went and stayed, I had one night, it was maybe a 22 hour trip in Casablanca and the home that I stayed in fucking phenomenal the shit was nuts and the room that i had had like a small little terrace little balcony not necessarily one that you can like step out on but one that had like beautiful french doors that would open up and give you a view of like the backyard and she had these incredible trees and there was this tree that when you looked out the window reminded me so much of the tree that this kid would imagine all of these fantastical creatures um, sitting on outside of his window and that tree <laughs> outside of the window immediately brought me back to that story and to those memories of having my mom read uh that book uh Abiyoyo was another personal favorite as a kid I learned the word Ostracized in that book, uh, but it really brought me back to those memories of childhood and enjoying stories, and that was not something that I planned on. I didn't, you know, see the tree in the listing when I booked the Airbnb. It was a very happenstance, uh, experience. It was, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, serendipitous, if you will, and that is one experience that will always stick with me the way that those stories as a kid were able to be revisited as an adult through my experiences in other countries. And so the next one that I am, a well, the next stop, or I guess the next travel experience that I can reflect on is my trip to Andorra. So Andorra is like a, country, it's not like, it is a country between Spain and France. I ended up doing a trip to Barcelona where I did a three country tour. It was a day trip. Shout out to day trips, uh, pro tip. I suggest that you optimize, if you will, um, your ability to see different countries if that's something that you're interested while you're on a trip by taking a day trip while you are visiting someplace, especially in Europe, since it is so easy to cross borders, navigate different um, different countries with the help of these tour companies that will allow you to visit different places in one day. You don't gotta do all the driving yourself and you don't have to do the um, planning and plotting and all that jazz. So I was able to see Northern Spain as well as Andorra and Southern France on that one day trip. So the trip, the route that we took on the trip took us through the French Pyrenees, like first time seeing snow-capped mountains. And I mean, like we were out there, we pulled over on the bus and it was just like, I don't wanna say like the cliff of a mountain, but like where we pulled over was basically the cliff of a fucking mountain. Like you're standing in the middle of the mountains. You're like, you're on the side of a road in the mountains. It was the coolest thing I'd seen to date. And then we get to this little quaint town and I'm pretty sure it was actually in Andorra, but then it was also kind of reinforced when we got to Southern France, these really quaint, idyllic towns. And I immediately thought of this book, Tess of D'Urbervilles. It's uh, by Tom Hardy and they made us read it in high school. But I remember enjoying the book to a certain extent i don't remember if i like quit reading um and then picked up like the cliff notes or some shit like that because i don't think that i read too many of the entire books that we were forced to read in high school because one i wanted to read shit that i was interested in because how else was i going to have time to read sister soldier and zane books let's be real um the lit of choice of her girls across the nation um, they didn't really interest me at the time of high school. Some of the stories stood out and I can't remember exactly what it was about Tessa D'Obervilles, but I actually revisited the book as an adult and I reread it and being able to immediately place myself in that space from the trip, like on that day tour, being able to now see myself in what used to only be in my imagination. I had to create what, you know, life would be like, you know, living in a quiet pasture surrounded by mountains. And I did that through reading the book, the author's detailed description of what that life was like. But I still had to paint that picture. Like, what was my shade of green? What was my shade of blue? What did the houses look like? Those, even if you are basing your picture in your mind through the words and the navigation and like direction of the author, it's kind of like the characters, right? Um, If you read The Hunger Games, or if you even remotely just listen to social media chatter during the time that the books were really popular and it was being developed into a movie, there was so much backlash about, um, I want to say it was a Mandela. What's that actress name? Amanda Sternberg, a Am- Mandela. Um, let me look it up. Hunger Games, black actress. What's this young lady's name? amandala stenberg that's how you pronounce it right stenberg yeah that's what i'm reading oh even bigger here amandala amandala stenberg beautiful young lady so there was so much backlash about her being cast as uh rue in the story which was fucking ridiculous because rue was written as a black girl she was described that way but the picture of the black girl that you tell yourself when you're reading the book and the author is telling you about the shade of her skin or the tone of her skin and you know the texture of her hair is still going to be your concoction in your mind. So you could be given very specific um details in a story but you still weave them together with whatever lens you have in your own mind. And that being said, for me, you know, there's always that vision that you put in your own mind and then there's the vision that you're able to see when and it is one vision when you have no scope of reference right you've got no point i'd never been um to mountains before i'd never seen them firsthand like i'd never seen them so vividly and closely the way i did on this trip nor had i seen little homes and cottages um you know situated in the middle of a valley It was incredible to see it real life. And, you know, it really exposed me to a world that I, at the time, had only imagined for myself. And um, the story, you know, it, it called for me to paint that picture, but then being able to experience it through my travels was a really impactful impasse for me. And granted, it was in adult life, so I was also more mature and able to, you know, see it through that lens of my newfound adulthood at that time. I was still in my early 30s when I took that trip. But, you know, it's one thing to look at it the way I can imagine how 21-year-old me may have looked at it versus how 31-year-old may, me may have looked at it, if that makes sense, Um What else did I have written down here? Uh... Yeah, I hit all those mains. Um, travel uh, Travel made that imaginary world real for me. It wasn't necessarily predicated on whether or not the story itself was true or false, but my picture got validated in a sense. I was able to see, it for my sense. And that in turn, um, reminded me of the feelings that I experienced when I read the book. And that I'm pretty sure was the, inf- the inspiration for me to reread the story as an adult. Now knowing and seeing it for myself, the picture that I can paint while reading the artist, des- the author's description is, way different. I didn't have to base it on movies or, you know, it wasn't just now a little house on the prairie theme in my head because prairie, mountain valleys, like the only real gauge I have are movies. Those are my visual cues, right? But now I can see for myself the differences and the little nuances in it because you can feel it. You can look at it, you touch the rocks, you stand on a you know, like um a a gate or like a, a stone border or something. It's just so different when you get to live the picture that you create in your mind. Right. Um, and then finally there is a way that literature can also uh, inspire or encourage you to want to visit places that you are reading about in the stories and in the content that you ingest. So one of the, so I read my books through either a Kindle app. I recently just got a New York public library. I always had like a Queens public library as a kid, cause I'm a Queens girl. But I didn't learn until I was an adult that that Queen's card doesn't carry throughout all the different libraries. I may have known that when I was in high school and actually had to go to a library to do research and look things up. But as an adult, it just wasn't information that I necessarily needed because internet, but. I recently got a New York Public Library card because you can do that online, pro tip, if you want to read books for free without having to pay for them on the Kindle app, you can download the, um, I wanna say it's Bibli. Let me look it up. It is, uh, what's the Simply E. And there's a Libby app, and then these are the uh, the apps I use for reading. I use Libby, Kindle, and Simply E. I want to say Simply E is just the New York Public Libraries app where you can download books. The plus and the minus is it's right there on your phone. It's free. It happens immediately. But the downside is is that sometimes the book that you want to read may not be available. You can wait list it, you can, you know, check it out when it's available to you as opposed to wait like paying the money for the book and then just leaving it on a shelf thinking that you're going to get to it. Like me, I have a ton of books on shelves that I am saying I'm going to get to that. I haven't gotten to yet, but we're not here to judge. Anyway, I use the simply E app to read a lot of books. And at the time I was using Kindle. This was, maybe four years ago, I think I read the books. So anyway, there is this series by LJ Sellers. um, And let's just say they're a Detective Jackson series. So she has this character, Detective Jackson, that is the main character through a uh, couple of different books. And they're easy to read. I'd say kind of campy in the sense that they kind of, draw you into this fictional world that you wanna keep up with. Me, I am a sucker for any story with a detective, a serial killer, um, an attorney, give me a crime to solve. I love, I'm a very crime junkie person. I love the Crime Junkie podcast, one of my faves. I also love um, investigative stories to follow, like different podcasts that follow Stories, the Trojan Horse Affair, which I want to say is a New York Times podcast. Um, Another one, Serial. It's a serial show. Just got an alert for some kind of update they had. What was another one that I listened to? Like, I just love solving a crime. It for me, it encourages deductive reasoning, and I enjoy using my brain in that sense. Say all of that to say that the stories, the the Detective Jackson series takes place mostly in Eugene, Oregon. I don't know shit about Oregon. I don't know anything about the Pacific Northwest. The extent of my experience there has been Seattle. I went to uh, Washington for a little bit and loved it. And I have been inspired to visit Eugene, Oregon, just to see what the author uses as her basis of navigating a lot of the details in the stories that this character is in. Um, it is, for for like one of the notes I have here is, uh, lick and inspire you to want to experience things for yourself, it's one of those Uh, abilities for you to see a story in real time, like attaching is kind of like wanting to change the filter of your lens, wanting to see a place for yourself so that you can experience the story in the ways you wouldn't otherwise be able to. I am a New Yorker. So being able to spend time in the Pacific Northwest, being able to go to Eugene or, uh, Oregon gives me a sense of like the, what the people there think the society, what is the tone? What is the, um, what is the feeling? What's the energy there? Right. Um, it makes me want to explore the neighborhood. Okay. Well, this happened at a stadium here in the story. Uh, like a fictional murder at a certain stadium, or is this a real stadium? Now I want to go. If it's not a real stadium, was there an actual stadium that may have been the inspiration for the fictional one? Uh, It's kind of like, what do you call it? Um, Vampire Diaries. Love the shit. Also love occult and supernatural kind of movies and shows and shit like that. Crime dramas, occult, supernatural. I'm all for the shits. But I know that um, what was I just? What's the name of it? Uh, Vampire Diaries kind of made me want to visit a small town. Like the I when you get engaged, when you get into a different like uh, a set of characters. Like when you get invested in character development, plot development, and that is or a lot of that is colored by the environment that those characters spend time in for me and my um, ingestion of the media and the content that I consume literally in terms of stories I read like books or even series and shows and movies that I invest in, more so series because of the way that the characters get to be developed, it makes me want to visit those types of places to see how the characters got to where they were. I would love to experience some small town living. To see why Elena and Damon may have fallen so hard for each other or why Elena and Stefan, you know, ultimately decided to part ways or what, whatever the fuck, it just interests me. It's one of those things where my curiosity is piqued. They live different lives than I do. The small town life may have encouraged Caroline to, you know, be the way that she was because of the way she saw the world she lived in. How was Bonnie Bennett able to deal with being like the only fucking black girl in that tiny ass town? I've always wondered how people deal with um, race issues when they are a very vast minority, if you will. Like it's one thing to be a minority in a large city I know where I can find pockets of community. I know that I can easily find community where I am. I have community here. It's a different story and it's a different experience for people who have to very actively search that out, who have to like forcefully make those things appear or have to settle for getting it in areas that aren't, possibly as fulfilling as in person whether or not you have to be more um deliberate in keeping in touch with family members that live out of the area that you live in whether or not that means thankfully we live in the future and you can you know create that community in online forums and online platforms so being able to see firsthand or being in spaces where I absolutely stand out as the only black woman in different areas and how the people interact with me there versus how they interact with me as a black woman in a community or in a space where I can be one of a thousand black women to walk into the white space that they're in. Does that make sense? Whereas it's one thing to be the only black person in a space where It could be a bunch of other black people that are the only black person in that space, but it's a different experience when you know that I am one of six in this entire class or in this entire high school. So the way that they navigate or the way that they interact with me in this space is possibly a little bit different than they would had they had the opportunity to interact with different types of blackness and different types of people. That's where my head goes. So I, was inspired by the Detective Jackson series written by Miss Sellers, to want to experience that small town living, that small town life, and to absolutely go to this particular small town so that I can get a personal sense, a um, feel on my own for, you know, what these characters may have used or seen or felt or experienced that would color the way they um interact and move in the stories that she writes. So it gives me a better um understanding or another opportunity to align with the characters whether they be fictional or real life characters. Um it also let me see wait was that a point that I made here? Oh no. That's a point that I'm going to get to. So that was the Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, it inspired me to want to experience different places for myself so that I could either better connect to the characters that I was introduced to or just to kind of like, you know, broaden and inspire uh, a different lens with which to interpret the stories that I ingest. And... Oh yeah, I basically said all that. To see a story in real time, the feelings the story leaves with you can spark your curiosity to want to experience things for yourself. And back to that other point that I'd mentioned, it can absolutely inspire you to want to change the filter of your lens, to want to see a place for yourself so you can experience the story in ways you wouldn't otherwise be able to. And that leads me to a an essay that I recently read. So I had tweeted recently follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is the same as my Instagram. It's either underscore D carry or T R A V E L the letter N S H underscore T. So I had tweeted a while ago asking for your favorite James Baldwin pieces. I was talking with a coworker uh, about a week or so ago, and he's very much into literature and he was really giving me, um, a couple of suggestions he's also kind of like more along the lines of like philosophy and existence and experience of the the human experience and uh human existence that clicking is my chair that keeps making noise if you hear um that apologies but it's comfortable so i'm not gonna get rid of it uh but he suggested that I read more of James Baldwin. And I feel like the only James Baldwin work that I've actually read thus far, while I'm familiar with who he is, I'm not necessarily familiar with his work. So I'd ask for your suggestions in what to read. Um, I feel like I read Roll of Thunder, Hear Me Cry. I'm pretty sure he wrote that like when I was a kid. I know, I feel like, One of his books was on the suggested reading for the English teacher that I had in junior high's eighth grade class. But then when I got to eighth grade, she was no longer the English teacher. So some of the books that I was looking forward to reading, I never read, which faux pas on my end. I could have absolutely just read those on my own, but I was 13. Don't judge. Anyway. I recently read, uh, I saw I'm in the middle of actually reading uh, Nobody Knows My Name. It's a collection of James Baldwin essays. And the first one in that archive of essays, in that piece, is the discovery of what it means to be an American. Now, I don't want to necessarily pick the article, not pick the essay apart and really get into it too much because I feel like that conversation is better served as a dialogue. I don't think that I can, um, I would prefer to enjoy it as discourse with, um, not interpretation, but with interaction with you guys. So I am actually, um, working on that and I'll, towards the end, give you a little more information on that. But there were some points and there were overall inspirations from that essay that I absolutely have that I want to touch on in this conversation of literature and travel. So for me, the essay was a great reinforcing uh, piece for intentional travel, right? It's um, allow, it allowed me to find ways to intentionally place myself in situations that I wouldn't have at home because of the lens, because the lens is uh, my lens is more easily reinforced, right? So he basically looks into his experience of himself through the lens of his location. He is wondering if his contribution is more than just being Black, if it's more than just being a Black writer. He wants to know more nuance, right? And so he decides to remove himself from America, and it's very blatant question of race. And one really important line that I will touch on was, it wasn't necessarily, it was when he like one of his breakthrough breakthroughs was seeing the role that he played as opposed to it being his place in America. That being said, um, finding ways to intentionally place ourselves in situations that we couldn't have at home because the lens is more easily reinforced. The lens of being American is very easily reinforced in America, but also in other places, because that is what we have lived. Um, My interpretation of this essay is an encouragement to investigate our beliefs, to explore how we experience ourselves and what we know of ourselves based on um, the filter of the society that we grew up in. Our experience in our home countries influences how we view ourselves and others. So what does our society Deem as normal, right? Even if there are different types of normal, there are multiple normals. It's still kind of in the overarching bowl of what is societally acceptable as normal. Um, we look at our travels through the lens of an American. We experience ourselves in America uh, as Americans, and also in how others treat us as Americans. So I know, all right, so let me just finish this point. So we grew up here and we shaped by the unwritten rules of our society as much as the written rule, as much as the written rules. How do we unravel those layers? But before I get to those layers, we basically, I know the best way to place this is, before I get to like a really good analogy that I have about those layers, is so one thing that people love to ask is what is your favorite place? Where is the place that you traveled that you would absolutely go back to? And I have kind of like a two-part answer. I would absolutely love, like I always would say Colombia and Cuba. And the reasons why those places were my favorite is because of the way I felt I was able to experience myself as a black woman. I did not feel the same pressures in my blackness or the same uh, stigmas of my blackness that I perceived to experience home the same way I perceived to experience them in those two destinations. And I've had, Plenty of conversations about blackness abroad. If you want to get to those conversations in particular, please feel free to go to travelingshippodcast.com and go to my list of playlists. I have a playlist that, um, focuses on blackness and it is all the episodes where i discuss those things as well as have guests where they discuss blackness abroad and our experiences of that through our travels so the playlists include blackness i think i have solo travel i have a playlist for a road trip um episodes and i have a playlist for like remote episodes episodes where i was someplace abroad and you know my lens of travel absolutely colored the episode in particular because i wasn't home when i recorded the episode but i say all that to say that i absolutely after reading this and before this also but again essay reinforced a couple of things for me i absolutely looked at wanting to go to those places and stay of, stay in those places through the lens of me being American. My experience of blackness is a very American one. And it's because of the layered history of blackness in America, just race in general, not just blackness, but race in America is very layered. So my experience and my enjoyment of those countries in particular were solely based on my personal experience of race at home and the way people interacted with me in those countries how, as a way that I perceived to be related in some aspects or not related in certain aspects based on my race. But the point is that I experienced my time in those two countries as an American. I wasn't just Dana. I was there for like a week, five days in both locations. So I wasn't necessarily afforded the opportunity to reframe that lens as in depth as one would want to. Before you're able to, you know, discern whether or not you're able to view your experience differently. I hope that makes sense. I wasn't there long enough to unpack everything. I was there uh, long enough to experience it, but I was still experiencing it as an American without like, being redundant, like that's the point I'm trying to make. I was very much so viewed as an American, I was treated as an American, and that in hindsight was part of why I was able to experience those places the way I did. So wanting to unpack that for me, That episode, not that episode, but the essay in you know, the sense of reinforcing intentional travel kind of made me reflect on how to unravel those layers. And it made me kind of sit with the different ways that I've been able to do that. And hopefully you're able to, if you haven't already, take some of these suggestions and implement them in your travels going further so um seeking out experiences that take me out of my comfort zone whether it is being out in nature but like raw nature going to costa rica and doing the nature hike and then going on the horseback ride or being um in what are the places that I do oh in cuba doing the it was like um It was sold as like a botany tour, but in reading the reviews, it was way more than that. I was able to, we waded across, like we walked across a river, and then we did a lot of cliff diving and snorkeling. So those were experiences and environments that I would not get to experience in New York. Snorkeling in the middle of the ocean in Bali doing swimming with the sea sea lions, I almost said the seaweeds, swimming with the sea lions in, where was that? In Perus. Putting myself in these environments that I absolutely do not have the opportunity to experience in New York. Gave me, you know, a firsthand experience that I am now able to filter my lens with, right? Uh, whether or not you function at a different level of physicality, right? Like nine miles of hiking through throughout one day in Canada. We were in Andorra and we spent nine miles to and from Ink Pots. One of the absolute most beautiful, breathtaking pieces of scenery I've ever experienced. And just like the level of appreciation you have for the details, the level of appreciation you have for colors, for the way the air smells, is able to be changed by getting these experiences. Um, Whether or not you maybe take a cooking class or whether or not you stay on a property that allows you to source some of your own food things that you may not be able to do at home, right? Whether or not you are from New York or just from another big city or from say a country where certain produce or certain types of food just aren't as readily available. So you have to put yourself in a surrounding where you get to ingest and experience those things in, even if they are, you can get cargo in New York, you can get cargo I'm sure in Chicago, you can get cargo in fucking New Orleans. However, if you experience it someplace um, overseas, you're able now to say, oh, well this doesn't taste like the cargo that I had in you know, on the French side of St. Martin, which I do. I had cargo I've only had cargo in Bahamas and not Bahamas, I've never been to Bahamas, uh, Bermuda. That was the first time I had escargot the second time I had escargot and well not the second time because I ordered it quite a few times um for from the room service menu in Bermuda but I also had it again in Saint Martin we went to the Dutch side for dinner for my mom uh I want to say no that wasn't her dinner birthday but we went to dinner there with my mom and I remember expecting to enjoy it more I did not it was less delicious than the one in Bermuda but What else did I had here? Firsthand experiences of historical importance, going to museums, landmarks, museum in Costa Rica. I did not realize that Costa Rica had so much black history until I went to a museum there. I was able to feel myself in the culture and the history of a place that I didn't see myself belonging in. And that's because I went to a fucking museum and surprise, fell across an incredible, and really storied and detailed history of Black people in Costa Rica, Um, as well as going to Rome and seeing that the Parthenon is way smaller than I ever envisioned it to be. I mean, I can't say I spent that much time thinking about the Parthenon or um, the Colosseum, But seeing these places in real life gave me the opportunity to tap into the energy. Reading the Da Vinci Code, reading um, Angels and Demons, and then going to, what was it? Uh, St. Peter's Basilica and like large squares. uh, Like, what do you call it? Um, The one where they have, which I don't remember which movie it was, where they had the um, the bombs placed in different places, and I think it was like a brother or a priest or somebody was like dumped into a fountain on like the bat. He was like strapped to a, um, a not a dolly cart, but like a truck, like a hand like a hand truck. Um, that movie, you know, seeing a large square like the one where that happened was like oh, this is pretty cool. Um, but those experiences were, you know, really part of the ways that I've been able to personally feel as if I've chipped away at the different layers of my own, you know, blends, like my outlook on the world and my insight as to how other people see me. I've been able to revisit why I think the way that I think. I've been able to sit in, you know, how I got to certain conclusions about certain things by giving myself the opportunity to experience it in and to view it from perspectives that are very vastly different from the ones that I'm afforded in my comfort zone, in spaces that I know. When given the opportunity even to get out more, like I own a car, I live in a very um, accessible city, we've got public transportation if I didn't want to drive. You know, there are so many opportunities at my disposal right here, right now in my hometown that I don't take advantage of because it is so easy to just stick to what I know. But when I am in new spaces, when I am in and surrounded by different communities and opportunities to feed my curiosities, I'm more inclined to do so because I do not have the opportunity like the it's not as readily available. I feel like sometimes when you know something is right here, you're more likely to just leave it sitting on the table. But if you know that it might get snatched off the table or if you know that it's only going to be on the table for a certain amount of time, you're more inclined to use it. When you know something is gonna expire by a certain date, you're gonna use it before it expires, right? When you you know know that a sale ends on a certain day, you know to use it while it's there. I know with all my um, Uber Eats coupons, I make sure to check when they expire so that I can mental note, that is not going to be available, so let me use it or not. That's the way my mind works. But uh, what else did I have here that I wanted to touch on? Oh, so another way to unravel those, um, those layers in terms of how, our society kind of cultivates and colors the way we see ourselves and other people is through interactions with other people. So not only through experiences, but conversations with other people, through actively spending time in circles that aren't necessarily normal to yours and spending time in communities that are very different from that of your own whether that be uh, professionally, economically, ethnically, remember race and ethnicity are different. Ethnicity is more in lines with the society that you're in, like the space regions, cultural norms of different places. Um, While, you know, um, one thing about travel, I can say, let me phrase it that way. One thing about travel that I appreciate is the opportunity to find yourself or for me, it's a, because I always have the opportunity because you can talk to anybody in almost any situation at home as well, right? You go to the restaurant, you can talk to the person sitting at the table next to you. However, that person sitting at the table next to you is um, basically from the same salad bowl if you will. So let me get you a really good analogy. Where did I write this one down? Make sure I'm not skipping a point. Where did it go? Oh. Okay. Yeah. So while we may have grown up vastly different from someone in this country, they're still in the same vacuum, like in the same bubble of being American. My salad bowl analogy, right? So we're all different parts of the salad. I could be a cucumber, you could be a tomato, she could be lettuce, romaine lettuce, and he they can be um iceberg. That all being said, we're in the same fucking bowl. While we maintain our individuality, we are the salad. Our collective individual uh, individualism is still part of this salad once you add the dressing once you add the americanness america is the dressing we're now a cohesive salad and the you know some parts have more dressing other parts don't your palate is now going to identify these different pieces based on that dressing while you may have a cucumber or a tomato that has more or less dressing, you still understand them to be a cucumber or a tomato, but the way that you palate them, the way that you taste them may be different because of that dressing. And how much of that dressing or how little of that dressing they have on them does not change the fact that once you add dressing to the salad, that dressing is now in the salad. And it is what it is. It's now a Caesar salad. It's now, you know, a salad with a Italian vinaigrette dressing or it has got uh, ranch or blue cheese. I do not do white sauces very well. Another conversation for another day. But um, either way, I'd like to think of the American lens of things, the American scope the american experience as a salad bowl we're all different pieces of the salad we all maintain that individuality but once we're all together in this bowl we are the salad the cucumber by itself is not a salad the tomato by itself is not a salad It is the combining of all of us in the bubble In the country and adding the dressing that is the cohesive force that means that whether or not we've got a lot or a little we are all still now connected and so within that cohesion i um definitely think that our experiences and conversations can with people who are from different salads who are you know whether or not you be someone in the blue cheese salad or the Caesar salad. Um, no, Caesar dressing is one and of its same. It took me a long time to get to Caesar dressings. I still won't do blue cheese. I still won't do um, ranch, but I'll do blue cheese. But that being said, different salads, we ultimately you know, get to decide whether or not those experiences and conversations can be changed can we now question why we believe what we believe about ourselves and others? Because a lot of introspection isn't just about what we think of ourselves, it's viewing how we look at other people, the lens that we look at the way people look at us. How do we see being seen by others? It's all, it's all fucking connected. And I really, really have not had the same comfort in visiting those differences, the way I have in travel, you know, admittedly, the climate in America is uh, a little difficult for me, at least me personally, to engage too frequently and too deeply with people who have dissenting opinions, right? Especially, um, I am not very argumentative. I am not very uh, confrontational. I am not really a person that engages in the comment section. I find myself being that person that can start to have, a, why would you even bother posting this? Or how could you think this is okay? I'd rather just delete. I am not one for wanting to change other people's um, minds per se. I would much rather um, really investigate why I think the way I do and why I perceive to be um, experienced the way I am by other people. I'd rather do the work on my end, right? I'd rather be in control of what I have and what I share, Versus really spending time thinking of and, you know, trying to change, alter, and distinguish what someone else is doing. I'd rather build on and, you know, contribute to what I put into the world and then ingest what others do and try to view that through the clearest lens of my own. I hope that makes sense. I hope I kind of like, I'm really hoping that the sentiment that I'm trying to impart is landing. You know what I mean? I hope we're connecting here. Um, So basically, you know, that is a lot of what travel has done for me. It's easier for me to sit with someone that thinks differently than me when I know them to be from a different salad bowl, when I know that there are, you know, are plenty of people, even in the States, right, that come from different countries, whether you're first generation, sixth generation, third generation, whatever, people that are from different cultures and different beliefs and different backgrounds, but we're still experiencing our experiences in the bubble of America. And I have found for me that trying to unpack that here is a little more heavy for me. It's not as easy for my spirit to digest. Um, It is easier, however, for me to sit with people who think differently from me when I know that they were also from different countries. Because it's one thing to be, it's one thing for me to have a conversation um, from someone from Albania while I'm in Albania versus speaking with an albanian who is also american so it is as beneficial as beneficial in some extents when you have conversations with someone speaking at while you may be in america speaking with someone as an albanian you understand like it's one thing to speak with someone when you both have that lens of being an american versus when you speak with someone One, on their own home ground, like on their own home turf, when you're on their court. And two, when they've had more of an experience from someplace else and hold that to be their truth, where they have used the norms of that culture to shape how they then interact in American culture. Like if you were born, raised, and developed in America, a different world than I was. If your salad bowl is completely different and you just happen to now be on the same plate, it, that's a little more palatable for me. And that's the point that I'm trying to make, that it is a little more difficult, while possible, it's a little more difficult for me to try to connect with someone that thinks differently than I did when I know we ultimately grew up with that same um filter on our lens, if that makes sense. And, and I don't mean the same filter in terms of being the same person, but we are kind of, like I mentioned earlier, we're kind of all shaped by that those unwritten rules, as much as we're shaped by the written rules, the written rules of society, the laws that we have to follow. And, you know, the ideals that our culture and by culture, I just mean country, uh, holds to be normal in part shape, how we view and interact with ourselves and others. And all of that gets tied into travel being so much more than vacation. I have such a good time really having like nuanced conversations like this. And I would absolutely, 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 um, love, to have these conversations with your input as well. That being said, I mentioned that I would uh, loop back to you know, wanting to dive more into this essay in particular. And I am definitely going to do that. And I'm actually working on some new projects, collaborations, events, and I would love if I could, a couple parts here, sign up for the newsletter, the traveling shit newsletter. I don't send them too frequently, so you ain't going to get bombarded and spammed. It's not like you're going to get, you know, weekly tips. And That's not what the newsletter is. The newsletter is just a way for me to be in contact with you so I can let you know when a Live event is live when there is a date for a community forum. When there is either a live recording of the podcast, whether it be, um, you know, myself and a future guest, whether or not it is a guest follow up. There, I have so many things like in the works that I want to be able to include you in on, and I want to be able to um, let you know about. We all know that social media has algorithms and whether you're on social media, whether you're not on social media, whether you follow me or whether you don't, I want to be able to get the information to you if you would like to be included in that. So I'd love if you sign up, if you would sign up for the newsletter so that I can let you know when those projects come to life. And also, please take the listener uh, survey. I want to make sure that I am including brands, people, and platforms that you are interested in getting more information about. I wanna make sure that um, the ones that I choose to collaborate with are in alignment with things that are, you know, points of curiosity for you as well. Whether it be, you wanna know more about group travel, whether you wanna know more about family travel, whether you want to know, like things, like I can talk to you about, you know, road trips that I've taken, but if the conversation that I've had on road trips is now inspiring you to want to do road trips, or if you want more information on something that I've spoken about, the listener survey will definitely give me an idea of, um, different areas and topics that I, that you would want me to put more, um, attention to and get more resources for you because I also you know, love being able to be a resource for travel that is different than your typical, um, here's an itinerary for here, here is, you know, suggestions for things to do there. I would love to be a springboard for avenues of thought and topics of, you know, picking apart and elaborating on topics that you are curious about so that you can decide whether or not you want to do more of something, whether it be something new to you or ways of doing things that you already do in different ways. So please also take the listener survey. So I'll have the link for the newsletter in the show description, in the show notes, episode notes. And I also have the link for the um, listener survey in the show notes as well. Um, That's pretty much it. I cannot wait to bring these projects to life. And I really, really am looking forward to um, not just getting it out of my own head and out of my heart and into the world to share with you, but also in the sharing of it with you. So I would love if you guys could connect with me through the mailing list as well as sharing of yourselves with me in the listener surveys. And that, my friends, is it for this week. I hope that I have sufficiently touched on numerous ways that travel is so much more than vacation. And I'm looking forward to continuing that conversation with you guys next week. All right, y'all. Bye.